Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Jimmy. Welcome. And we are so excited to have Tim Clinton here. Dr. Clinton, how are you doing? Great. Uh, fun to be with you, Josh and Jimmy. Look forward to our, uh, our conversation together. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Clinton is the president of the American Association of Christian Counselors. He's a professor of counseling and pastoral care at Liberty University. He's also the executive director of the Center for Counseling and Family Studies at Liberty University. Let's just say he's the grand poobah of Christian <laughs> counseling in America. Yeah, I'm telling you, I got my master's at, at Southwestern Seminary and then my PhD there at Liberty. Jimmy uh, got his master's and PhD at Liberty. I don't think I made it through a class without a Dr. Clinton book. Did you, Jimbo? Yes. <laughs> if you have a vacation home, you can thank us <laughs> for as many of your books that we purchased. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate um, your kind words, but um, I know this God's doing a great work inside of. Uh, Christian mental health right now and inside the church. And it's, it's, it's a fun time to be involved in the ministry of helping other people. And we're glad you guys, by the way, uh, came through Liberty. We love Liberty. Yeah. So tell us about your work there at AACC. Sure. AACC is a membership services organization. We exist uh, primarily for the entire community of care, meaning everybody from a psychiatrist to a professional counselor, social worker to someone who's involved in lay helping ministry. Hopefully they all feel comfortable being members of AACC. And I, I like to think of AACC as kind of being a watering hole, a place where people come just to be encouraged, equipped, challenged uh, in what they do. Right, we, we exist primarily because we want to help you become more effective in ministering to, to people and doing what you love to do, what God's called you to do. And God has had his hand of blessing on AACC through the years. Uh, one of the highlights of our organization, uh, among the many member benefits, is we every other year host a, a world conference uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, at the magnificent Opryland Hotel. And uh, we've sold it out, I don't know, five, six times running now, uh, with nearly 7,000 counselors and pastors representing all 50 states and probably on an average of 40 foreign countries at every world conference. It's an absolute, uh, it's, a, it's a highlight of our life and our ministry here at AACC. Absolutely. Now, it's, a, it's certainly a network of counselors. Jimmy and I are both a part of that. How does one, if they're interested in finding a Christian counselor in their area, do that through the AACC? You know, on AACC's website, uh, there's a button uh, called Find a Counselor. And it is by far the button or the destination on AACC's website most frequented. Um, every, a lot of leading Christian, um, Christian ministries out there use AACC's uh, referral network slash directory. And got some great news for you guys to uh, Josh and Jimmy that 
coming up in about just a couple of weeks, we're launching a brand new kind of into the next stratosphere uh, referral type network tool instrument that's going to be a part of the AACC. That's great. And uh, we're announcing it at, at this this entire new piece at our uh, Dallas conference coming up here just a few weeks. Oh, very nice. You've written a couple of books recently as of as of last year, and one of them, Don't Call It Love. I think you referenced the um, Jerry Maguire movie, the line, You Complete Me. What is it that you wanted to get across to readers in your book, Don't Call It Love? Actually, in Dog, Don't Call It Love, I, I co-authored the book with a good friend of mine, Dr. Greg Jantz. He's out of Seattle. And um, the, the real thrust of the book is that everybody... Everybody has a somebody in their life that they break all the relationship rules for. You put up with all kinds of craziness, insanity. You tolerate um, things that you would never tolerate uh, in other relationships. It's that person that, for whatever reason, you feel like you've got to be there. You, 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 just, you just, in the name of love, you do these things. But what we're trying to communicate to the reader is these relationships, although um, a part of our life, we often think we're doing the loving thing by giving in or, or, or putting up with things like we said. And the truth is, it's not really love at all. There are a lot of reasons or motivations behind what's going on. And if that's true in your life, how do you, how do you break through? How do you get out of that? What are... What are the steps and how do you put boundaries in place so that you can move to a healthier relationship with that person? Is it tough to do? Yeah. I, I even have one or two of those in my life. You know, it, It's hard when you have people in your life and you feel called by God to care for others. So maybe you've been given some added grace, you have some special gifting, or you just have the other big G of, of feeling responsible and they guilt you to death. Over, listen. If you don't send me a hundred bucks this week, um, I'm, we're not going to be able to eat. We have no food. Mm-hmm. Well, that phone call's been coming for the last, you know, uh, thirty weeks in a row, and you're still sending a hundred bucks. Somewhere, you get the idea that you really aren't helping. You're enabling, sure. and more. That's what don't call it love's all about. Kind of a fresh uptake on codependency. Mm-hmm. Uh, relationship codependency is what it's about. Why do you believe that that people kind of mistake that uh, as love? Why do they? Because we see that all the time in our office. People do genuinely believe that is the most loving thing they can do. But with that codependency that's created, um, it's it's often the opposite. Why do people mistake that as love? Well, I, I think it, I think it goes back to what I was saying there that if it's part of your natural gifting, you know, God's giving you. Um, some special skills in your hearts toward people, or maybe you've had some added grace in your life and somebody stepped up and helped rescue you when nobody else would. And you feel like if you don't do this, maybe God won't grace you as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Or you, you, you get what I'm saying uh, in those lines where people just call you up and say, nobody else will talk to me. Nobody else will care for me. You just don't know Joey. Joe's really a good boy. He just, you know, he just needs somebody to love him and help him. No, what Joey needs is for somebody to get in his face and say, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. Because if we keep doing this, we're going to destroy you and me. And the truth is somewhere, and it's hard to put in place boundaries because, um, you know, we're we're wired to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. And we get confused on 
what should we do? We're told to turn the other cheek. We're told to go the extra mile. We, we, we are recipients of grace and more. How do, where do we draw a line in here and realize that really what I'm doing is unhealthy? It's not really loving. Because if I was really loving, we'd, we'd take a new step in a new direction and try to become responsible and figure out a new way of behaving and living, you know, in this world and doing life together. You know, Is it hard? Of course it's hard. Yeah. Especially if it's a family member. Sure. Somebody like that. We get so confused as to giving someone what they want as opposed to giving them something that they need. You know, you um, guys, I, I think it's a real big issue for people helpers. I, I think mm. those of us who feel called by God often struggle with boundaries. And there, there often is a point where helping other people can be uh, become really um, uh, adverse or um, hurtful to us mm-hmm. in our own ministry. And we need people around us to bring in some check and balances. But on a personal level, this is usually where we get into trouble outside of what we do. It's our personal life. That somebody in our life, everybody's got a somebody where you begin to break all the rules of relationships. And I love, I love you bringing that up, that everyone has that somebody. Because a lot of times we look at codependency as, oh, you're sick in the head. You're codependent. But it's like somewhere in your life, everyone has that, quote, unquote, codependent relationship. And it kind of spreads the love around. You know, the other piece uh, related to it, uh, if we're all honest, we all, we all want to feel needed. And valued, and sometimes if we're the only person to come in and rescue, yep. etc., we get a little higher buzz off that they need me, and Very that nice. often drives some of that behavior too. Tell you, ah, love to talk about that for quite some time. But I want to touch on another book that came out last year with you, and that is the fight of your life. And that I love the subtitle: Manning Up to Sexual Integrity. What was your purpose behind this book? Well, I, I think a lot of Christian leaders, Josh McDowell, one in particular, is is blazing a trail here saying that um, the issue of pornography and um, sexual addiction is soaring within the Christian community. Um, so much so that uh, it's now believed that the number one problem in the Christian home, I think over like 53% of Christian families now say, Number one issue, the biggest problem issue at home is porn. Mm-hmm. Um, I was addressing uh, student population, uh, undergrad students at Liberty yesterday, and uh, was just talking about those elements in our life that destroy our capacity to love well. And pornography is one of them. It creates a false intimacy. And I think you know, it's been around, by the way, this whole battle with sexual integrity, it's been around since the book of Genesis. I think there are something like seven or nine different sexual sins listed in the book of Genesis alone. It's, it's this massive Achilles heel area where we, where we battle. I believe this area is so significant in the church. It's like the big elephant sitting on the front pew of the church. We'll call him Herbie. Just, you can imagine this big elephant spewing his stuff over the entire congregation, and nobody wants to admit or acknowledge that Herbie is an issue in the church. And so with that, and men in particular, uh, we're, we're, we're in the fight of our life. How do you manage this? Because you hold in your hand a personal digital device. That's called a cell phone. Your cell phone 
leads you 24-7, 365 to anything you want. The number one consumers of Internet porn now are 12 to 17-year-old boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first exposure, the, the number keeps driving lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. These boys, 12 to 17, there's no way. There's not a man who can handle what's on the Internet. But yet alone, a 12 to 17-year-old boy where the hormones are starting to kick in and more, and they're, they're accessing all of this content. And you know what it's doing to them. Some now believe that there's a tsunami effect uh, in terms of relationship disaster coming our way because of the porn industry and the participation of, um, of young men and women and its impact on our capacity to do relationships. And somebody, somebody's got to address it. Somebody's got to get really clear and clean on what is going on and what we're going to do about it. We can't turn a blind eye to this anymore. I think a lot of homes don't want filters in their home, et cetera. There's no check and balances. Why? Because often mom and dad are struggling mm-hmm. with the same issues. Mm-hmm. And so we're in trouble. The church is in trouble on this issue. Um, I am glad that you addressed this issue because uh, publishers don't really want to publish about it. No. They don't, They think no one's going to come and pick up that book because it, there may so be a It's a brown paper bag deal. Exactly. You know, years ago, Steve Arterburn and those guys came out with Every Man's Battle, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's been a massive uh, bestseller. The fight of your life, what we do is we take it uh, maybe a little step deeper and start really um, trying to help educate um, people who are in this fight on the neurochemistry, neurobiology side of this, mm-hmm. what actually happens when someone starts getting hooked on pornography or participating in sexual behavior that's deviant and more. Um, what about the, uh, we, I, we call it the drug of shame. I think mm-hmm. shame just fuels this issue because I'm so overwhelmed at my behavior and I just can't believe that here I am, you know, a man of, uh, of, of faith, and I'm trying to be uh, honoring in my everyday life, and I'm struggling with this issue. The shame becomes overwhelming, and it perpetuates. It just drives me even Absolutely. further and further into this. I can't tell you how many pastors, how many Christian leaders I have talked to behind a closed door, and they'll say, listen, Tim, this issue is just a train wreck for me. I'll be on my knees crying out to God, please. God, give me the grace, bring into my life what's needed to stop this. Lord, I promise you, I want purity in my life. Mm-hmm. And within a minute or in a short period of time, they're up off their knees before God, and they're right back at it, like just running straight back into the sewer. Yep. It's overwhelming. I tell you, you talk about that tsunami of impact. We're now seeing in our offices 20-year-olds, 20-year-old men that cannot maintain erections. Because without concentrating on pornographic images in their brain, um, yeah, I, I think we're about to reap a whirlwind. We don't, you know, you know, know, when you really think about the the impact on love, hmm. uh, intimacy, marriage, and you know, song the Song of Solomon is written about the beauty of a relationship between a man, a man and a woman. And, and what it means to embrace each other and enjoy each other and the intimacy that God desires for us to have. But what we've done is we've so destroyed our minds, our capacity. You're right. Uh, conversations now around sexual anorexia, where guys in, yes. in, in marriage 
married to a beautiful woman and just absolutely has no sexual desire for her. And she doesn't even get it. What's wrong with him? Why doesn't he love me? The truth is he's been living in a porn world with this craziness. Unless he gets caught up in this bizarre fantasy world in life, he can't go there. He can't even enjoy himself uh, in and, and his, and his, and his sexual um, intimacy with his wife. Speaking of that, that intimacy, um, specifically emotional intimacy and attachment, you uh, you wrote a book with Dr. Gary Sipsey called Attachment, as well as with Dr. Joshua Straub, God Attachment. Um, if you could tell us a little bit about uh, kind of the attachment research that out that's out there and how as it pertains to marriage, the the area of attachment has really um, been strong, especially um, recently. Uh, a lot of mental health experts are looking at relationship psychology and attachment theory in particular. And um, a few years back, you're right, Gary and I wrote that book together and uh, working actually on a uh, revision of that text and uh, another uh, related text, um, looking more in depth in the interpersonal neurobiology world. But uh, I love I love all that work on relationships. Um, I just believe that. Um, God made us for relationship. He's relational. Uh, I, I believe God places that same impetus in the heart of man. And as a result, um, get the relationship piece right in your life, you'll be blessed. Get it wrong, you're going to hurt. And we learn through life that a lot of our experiences, uh, maybe wounds in our life, whether they're real or perceived, begin to influence how we perceive ourselves, how we view others in life. And that ultimately kind of distills down into a way or a relationship style that um, influences how we do or how we don't do intimacy or closeness with those people around us, in particular our relationship with God. And maybe that person we, we choose to say I do to, certainly our children and other powerful relationship bonds in our life. And what's, what's wild to me is how profoundly uh, significant um, our relationship style is on how we do life. It's it's the heart of everything. And we're learning now that healthy relationships uh, can have the same mediating effect on the brain as good medicine. That's, to me, that's, that's, it's incredible because it has profound implications for our faith, Christianity, and more. How that if we can move into a healthy relationship with God, think about this just for a second. If you can move into a healthy relationship with God, it can literally be transformational. Hmm. It could actually change the essence of who you are. If you really believe that God is who He says He is and that He loves you, this heart is toward you. It's like reading through the Psalms and constantly hearing the words, His steadfast love toward me. His steadfast love toward me. Elohim is our refuge and strength. He's a present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we won't fear. Be still and know that I'm God. Some trust in chariots and horses with big cities up, up, up on lofty hills with big iron gates. But we're going to trust in the name of the Lord our God. Our God is a good God. He'll go with us even unto death. Sticks closer than a brother. When you start seeing that, and you know that in, during times of stress or duress, that's where your relationship style really manifests itself. We go to that, that, that person. We go to that place in our life where we believe we're safe, 
And then when you understand elements like safety and more and how significant those factors are in our everyday life, that's what we press now uh, toward in developing healthy relationships and doing great psychotherapy and more. Anyway, you guys, I, I could just go, go, go. Well, you're, you're I was about saying. to say, Randy Phillips of Phillips, Craig, and Dean, he's actually pastor at, at uh, Jimmy's church, where Jimmy is is family pastor. He's the, the head teaching pastor there uh, and founder of the church. But he's famous for saying, if he gets excited, um, that'll make me want to run. <laughs> I guess about in his in his history, in the charismatic tradition, if you get really excited, you just start running down the aisle. And as you were talking about attachment, I just wanted to get up and run. Uh, so I, I well, it's just, it, it's just so significant. So it, yeah. It's it's who we are. It's what life's all about. In the end, it's all about who you loved and who loved you. There really isn't anything else. You can find more about Tim at timclinton.com. Probably the easiest thing, though, would just be to go Google Christian counseling because he's going to be <laughs> all everywhere. You can find him on Facebook and Twitter at Doctor, that's Dr. Tim Clinton. Tim, thank you so much for being with us. We really do appreciate it. Josh, Jimmy, thank you. Okay, oh, all right then. That's just who he is. That's amazing. Uh, I love. We it. threw three completely separate counseling issues yeah. at him, and <laughs> home run after home run after home run. <laughs> he just picks it up and runs with it. He. Um, so we both teach online <laughs> through Liberty University. And um, a lot of those online classes have videos, the weekly videos that the students can can watch. And so I've obviously spent time watching them, and he does film a lot of them. I just feel at home hearing his voice. Oh, yeah. It was just comforting. Just, it's Timmy. That's who it is. It's just... <laughs> I think he'd be offended. The Timster. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, obviously, my my um, my dissertation was on attachment. Uh, for me, that is huge. Building secure attachments within marriage, as well as within your kids. Pick up his book on attachment because it's 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 incredibly good good stuff um, that we we need to not only learn our own attachment styles, uh, whether we avoid or whether we're anxious in relationships, as well as kind of the attachment styles of our spouse, as, as well as our kids. Uh, and th- those books are simply called Attachment as well as God Attachment. So definitely pick those up. Well, you know me. I Nothing gets me excited like porn. <laughs> God, um, <laughs> can you say that? Billy, that's going to be the outtake for yeah, the outtake, little promo for this, for this episode. Don't include it, but include it. Nothing excites me <laughs> like porn. Uh, but I'm, and I meant it when I, when I told him that I'm glad he published that book. Because publishers don't want to, pub- they say no one's going to buy them. It is, it is literally the 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 issue that must not be named, uh, and it can't be talked about. And for and it needed a Tim Clinton, yeah, to come out. And for a book, because every man's battle, by Arthur, you know, again, it's been out forever to have a a a, 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 a reimagining of that. Uh, and especially a more, more sort of a modern look where you're taking in the neurobiology of what's going on. That again, when you're looking at porn and you, uh, and you have an orgasm, dopamine's released. But when you're having sex with your wife, oxytocin is released, you know, which is the bonding, the, the love chemical, not just the high chemical. So I'm so glad that he's, he's bringing that because it's, because it is, it's something that our churches are pretty much ignoring. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Guys, if you want more information about the show and uh, to check out the show notes and all the links to the books that we talked about and the topics we talked about, go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's Doc's Podcast. You can find me, Josh, at those three platforms. It's Doc Josh Myers. On uh, Facebook, I'm Dr. Jimmy Myers, and Twitter and Instagram at J Myers Fan. Guys, take care. Thanks for being here. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. and researched by Dr. Jimmy and Dr. Josh Myers. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescarr.com. If you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. We ask this question a lot. Do you pray with your kids regularly? The answer is almost always yes. But then when you peel off a layer, you say, okay, take out God is great, God is good before mealtimes, and it goes down to almost nothing. And so so if I were telling any parent, if you want a, your child to, to fall in love with Jesus, they need to see you in love with Jesus.